welcome. Good morning. Good morning. All right. I'm not. I'm. I have to think a moment before I come over here, so I say welcome and good morning a few times. Um, so good to have you all here this morning. I know we've got a few out of town. Um, it's good to have everyone here uh, this morning. We'd like to welcome Susan in the back. Susan and Mary, her granddaughter. We are so glad to have you both here. They have previously gone to our church at 21st Street, just over on the Kansas side, but now live closer to this place. So they're going to be joining us. So make them feel welcome, and we're glad to have you. Yes, glad to have you with us. So um, so don't forget our big event. The main thing that we need to talk about is our fall festival that's coming up this uh, Saturday. Um from 4 to 7. Uh, if you are helping with that and can be here around 2.30-ish to help start setting up, we would greatly appreciate it. There's a lot to do to, to set up and tables and games and all that good stuff. So you, if you can be here about 2.30 to start setting up, we'd appreciate it. Um, I know some of us have the staff shirts. If you have it and want to wear it, that's fine, but I know it's going to get chilly and you're going to end up with coats on. So uh, be comfortable temperature-wise, okay? Do what you need to do that way. Um, and, uh, we want to, uh, just take that opportunity to minister to the community and anybody who comes out, don't we? Uh, no matter how busy we get, let's be sure to make sure that we see the people and we take the time to reach out to them and, uh, to interact with them and, and we want to show them the love of Jesus. Amen. That's what it's all about. That's what we want to do. So, um, and then, uh, two weeks, uh, from yesterday, ladies is another ladies meeting. Yes. So first Saturday here at the church, we have ladies meeting. That'll be at 5 o'clock. Uh, Vicki's going to be bringing the devotion and just bring whatevs for food, and we'll have a good time of food and fellowship and in the Word. So any other announcements that need to be made? Yes. Yes, yes. As we get, yes, as we get ready to go into prayer, Bobby Moore, some of you know her, um, is in the hospital in ICU, so let's remember her. Um, in prayer, um, and uh, of course our fall festival. Any other prayer requests that anyone would like to mention? Pray for. We'll continue to be with. Pray for Susan and her family during this time. Vicky. Okay, her name's Connie, right? Yeah, let's remember Connie. She's having breast cancer surgery coming up on the 25th. So let's remember her. 25th. Okay, let's remember that. All right, anybody else? Yes, yes, we want the Lord's will and his leading for the church and the leadership. Okay, let's all stand. Yes, lost loved ones, yes. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer together, okay? Father, we
Amen. You can be seated as we take up the offering and we can have a couple of ushers come. And this is fourth. Oh, thank you. Okay. This is for the, sorry, Harold was. Um, so this, we mentioned this last week, the Kenya mission that they need, uh, need, uh, help with, uh, building the school or a, not a school, but a safe place for the children to worship and for church. And so everything that you give, if it's not marked otherwise in an envelope, will go towards that, um, towards that, uh, mission of providing that for them. So, um, let's pray for that now. Father, we come to you, Lord, and God pray that you would bless this offering, Lord, and God, you see where it's going. We know you can multiply it and use it for your use, God. Um, Father, and we just pray that we would give as you lay upon our hearts to give, Father, for this for this mission, Lord, so these kids can have a safe place to worship and learn of you, God. And, Lord, we, um, we thank you for what you're going to do with this offering, Lord God, as we give it to you as cheerful givers, Lord. Uh, gl- just glad to help in the mission of your work, God, and we thank you. Amen.
to do a song that uh, most of you heard if you're a lady. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's called Gratitude. And it's really just when you don't know what to say, praise a hallelujah. And uh, our God is worthy of the highest praise, isn't he? He is worthy.
You know, kind of easy, kind of easy to say, are you ready for change? And if you go to the next slide, you put the emphasis on the you. It's a little tougher. Are you ready for change? You can play the word game and change the four to two. Are you ready to change? It gets pretty personal, though, doesn't it? We don't like that. Stay away from that. Um, if you don't know, most of you here probably know I'm not the pastor. Um, we are going through a pastoral change. Uh, we do want to continue to pray about that, um, and God's leading in that. So, again, fits right in with change, doesn't it? Are we ready for change? You know, I'm going to start with something here that I wasn't planning on starting with, but maybe it'll help you get to know me a little better if you don't know me. I don't know. Um, a lot, as I mentioned uh, last week, this sermon started, and a lot of it came a couple months ago. Um, actually started when, when uh, Pastor Winchester was... I guess having a really bad Saturday and a text came through and he had a bad back and said, he's probably not going to be there tomorrow if something doesn't change. And I was like, oh boy, we better get something ready quick. Uh, and a lot of it came together that day pretty quick. And then it's kind of built uh, on that since that time. Um, if you don't know, I do lawn care for an occupation. So kind of a lot of boring time on your own. You know, you kind of space off at different times. It's a lot of routine, get behind a mower and you you can just daydream and a lot of times God talks to me during that time. Even though that mower's loud, he speaks louder. <laughs> and uh, so he speaks to me a lot. And a lot of times, believe it or not, it happens when I'm mowing this property a bunch on this property right here. I can't explain that, I guess. Um, um, it's church. And if you want to take it a step further, it happens a lot when I'm out on this side. And if you don't know, that's towards the north. Okay? So if you, if you get confused in here, so just trust me, that is towards the north. Okay? I'm going somewhere with this. So he speaks to me on this side more probably than anywhere else. And I think because I'm towards the north there, I'm closer to Iowa. (laughs) 
and I would be in a little piece of heaven, it's easier to hear God because I'm closer on that side. See, so does, does that make sense? So if you didn't know, originally I am from Iowa. That's where, where I came from. And then I, I moved down here and got married. And I've been in misery ever since. <laughs> Missouri, Missouri, Missouri. I don't know how they heard that. I can't help how people hear that, sweetie. <laughs> Missouri. Yes, I've been in Missouri ever since. But there you go, a little piece about me. But no, God does speak to us um, all through the day. You know, it doesn't have to be, uh, I guess, long spent time with him. We can just cry out short here and there. He just wants to be in communication like a friend. So we'll be getting into that a little bit. But are we ready for a change? You know, Taco Bell... Um, if you remember, a little bit older, they had a slogan. Do you remember that slogan? Change is good. Remember the bell? The bell, boom, change is good. It was on commercials for a long time. Bing, change is good, change is good. And then the dog came after that. I don't think the dog was there yet at that time. But yeah, the bell and then change is good. But I think I've referred to it before that they quit that slogan. I think they realized not everybody thought change was good. Um, Change is tough. We're going to be looking at Deuteronomy uh, 2, 1 through 3. And let's, let's begin before we read that with some prayer here this morning. God, we just thank you for this time. I just ask um, that you will anoint this word, Lord God, that you will uh, help us hear what you have. Uh, for each one of us, God, we can take something different out of this. Um, if we just listen to you and you apply it to our hearts, God, in our lives, Lord, and I just pray that you'll do that right now for everyone, God, and that you will just bless these words that will be uh, spoken what you want and you take it, God, and you uh, help change us and change our hearts. In your name, amen. All right, so Deuteronomy 2, 1 through 3. Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spake to me, and we compassed Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward. Oh, there's the north again. Turn you northward. We're, okay, so this morning we're going to be talking about change, focusing on change. As I understand it, the children of Israel were in their 40-year journey. The land around this Mount Seir looked kind of good to them. They'd spent many days kind of walking around this particular area, hoping maybe to kind of intimidate, scare the people off who were there so they could have a permanent land for themselves. Um, but God spoke and said, you've been here long enough. It's time for you to move. So it's time for you to change. In other words, they needed to get on. We are in a season of change. Obviously, a change in our country, a change in the world, a change in our day-to-day lives, and a change right here with our church. You know, sometimes you cannot stop change from happening around us, right? Some change is out of our control. We can either adjust and change, or we can resist it. The word of the Lord here in this scripture said, you've been in this place long enough. In other words, you've been in this life cycle long enough. It's time to move. With us today, it might be a financial situation, relationship, maybe uh, an emotional arena of your life, maybe a physical situation, a struggle with health, maybe a spiritual life, your walk with God, your experience with God, your ministry. God said it's time for a change. Is anybody ready for a change? Is anybody sick and tired of being sick and tired? Is anybody fed up with your present situation? 
Is anybody ready to break a cycle of debt, break a cycle of sickness, break a cycle of depression? Anybody tired of going around and around with the same old problems every day? God's telling us we've encompassed this mountain long enough. It's time to move. I've had enough fear and confusion. I've had enough discouragement. I've had enough disappointment. I've had enough rejection, betrayal. I've had enough of uh, shame in my life. I'm ready for change. I'm ready for a turnaround. We know, or we need to know today, that change is just what we need. We may need a miracle, a miracle in our finances. We keep trying to do things, but it gets worse and worse. We may be standing in the gap for our children. We know that if God doesn't move, they are in trouble. But we serve a God of turnarounds. The Bible's full of them. Genesis through Revelation, God was turning things around. The definition, as we mentioned last week, of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. How do we get different results? By doing something different. That's how we get them. Change. We're going to look at uh, the book of Ezekiel in chapter 37. You've probably heard of it. It's uh, the Valley of Dry Bones, as it's titled. But in this, Ezekiel has a vision. And starting with verse 1 in chapter 37, it says, The hand of the Lord was on me. He brought me out of the Spirit. He brought me by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley of bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. The bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy, To the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, come, breath, for the winds, for the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then my people will know that I am Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done it, declares the Lord. Just quite a picture. Quite a picture there of what was going on. It definitely looked hopeless, looked impossible, um, beyond a point of no return. But when the man of God started prophesying to those bones, something started happening. 
All right, there was a change that began to happen. Things started changing. The situation started turning around. It says bones started coming together. And you can even take it a step further that they didn't just come together. But every bone found up its matching bone, found right where it needed to be. When the prophet finished prophesying in the very same place where before there was nothing but dry bones, now there stood a mighty army that was there, fully equipped, right, intact. So a change had occurred. It was a complete turnaround. I'll ask this morning, are our bones that dry? Hopefully they're not as dry as these. When studying a little bit, it says the Bible says the bones were very dry. And the Greek words it used, it meant that that meant they had been dead for a long time in there. They weren't just dry. They were dried out. You know, like you see a leaf, it might be dry, but there's, there's a little bit of life in it. When they get fully dry, they'll just crumble. These bones were, were dead. They were dry. We're not that dry this morning. All right, we can be brought back to life if we, if we feel like we're dead. Your season is changing. Maybe you've been in the winter season, right, drying out. It looks and feels like everything is just dying in you and everything around you. But it's a new season. It is a season of new beginnings. It's a season of new connections, new fire, new joy, new confidence, new strength, new health. It's a new anointing for a new day. Do you want something fresh? Do you want something new? Do you want a new anointing? In Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, it says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. This was back, again, with the Israelites, and they had seen some things, right? They had been through some things. They had seen God uh, bringing them out of Egypt through the Red Sea. The Red Sea had parted. It had drowned Pharaoh's army in it. But here in this scripture, they're being told, do not look at your past victories because they're not going to sustain you. Don't worry about your past failures. They should not paralyze you, right? Remember not these former things, neither consider the things of old. So don't focus on those things. God is doing something new, something fresh. But a condition, if you will, for receiving the new, it can be at times you have to let go of the old. All right? So I want you all to do something for me this week. Okay? I'll take your silence as a yes. All right. I want you to go to a park this week. A park. P-A-R-K. All right? So you can all go to the park. I want you to go to the monkey bars. (laughs) And then I want you to grab a hold of those monkey bars. I want you to go across those monkey bars, but do it while you can't let go of the bar behind you. You can't do it, right? You've got to let go of the past to get somewhere new. You're not going to make it across those monkey bars if you don't let go of that bar behind you. Sometimes we have to let go of the past. One of the greatest hindrances to our change can sometimes be our memory. We have a tendency to want to drag our past into our future. But God is saying here, let go. Let go of that old so you can have the new. Um, in Second Kings, uh, second chapter, I believe, is when Elijah ascended to the heavens. He went up in the chariot of fire. What did Elijah do to prepare himself? He had wanted a double portion, right, of anointing when, when Elijah left. And he stripped himself of his old clothes. That's how he prepared for that new anointing, that double portion. He got rid of the old. 
To get the new, we're going to have to sometimes separate ourselves from the old. The old mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and at times, yes, even physically. Now, we're not going to turn this into an animated musical, but you might say, sometimes to get to the new, what do we have to do with the old? Let it go. Let it go. (laughs) Some of you will know that song. If you have kids, I'm sure you know that song. Have we missed good things in our life that could have came to us because we were just looking through the lens of a past disappointment, a past hurt, a past wound? What about the church? Can we sometimes hold on to the past? Sometimes we can get caught up in tradition, how it used to be, that we can't even enjoy now when God moves in a different way because we're so caught up in the old. We compare it. Listen, we don't need to go back to how things used to be. We don't even need to go back to how church used to be. We need to do this or we need to do that. God moved when we used to do this or do that. We don't need to go back. God wants to do more if the people will just desire more from God. I don't want yesterday's anointing. The scripture said that God wants to do a new thing. We should want a new anointing. God wants to do more, show more of his glory than we can ever even comprehend. God is ready to do even bigger things now than he has ever done before. So why is change in our lives sometimes so scary? Again, it can be memory of past disappointments, of unbelief, pride. It can be fear of the unknown, of course. We're often more comfortable to just continue on rather than to change even if where we're at or where we're headed to is not good for us. We'll still just stay there because we're comfortable. You've probably heard about a frog before in the illustration. If you heat up a pot of water and throw the frog in, what's the frog do? He jumps out. All right, smart. But if you put that frog in there and then turn the heat on and it gradually warms up, that frog will just stay in that pot and cook. Are you getting hungry? Somebody want frog legs? No? <laughs> so, yeah, you just put him in there. He's comfortable in that pot, and he, he just stays there until he's cooked. So, are we like the frog? Will we just stay in our circumstances, continuing on, whatever we're going through? Meanwhile, sometimes we do go through more problems and more troubles, but we just continue on because we're comfortable. We are afraid to change. The truth be told, we rarely will ever know what change will bring ahead of time, right? As children of God, we can approach change with confidence, though. We know if God is on our side, who can be against us? He is there walking with us, whether it be our personal lives, collectively as a church. We never know what change might lead to. Uh, John 21, 3 through 6, Simon and Peter said unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth, entered into a ship immediately, and that night they had caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have have ye any meat? They answered him, No. He said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall... Find. 
They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw in for the multitude of fishes. So think about that for a minute. Right, they had been out fishing all through the night and caught nothing. In the morning, the light's coming up. Some guy's on the shore telling them to throw the net on the other side of the boat. Now, after fishing all night, I'm just going to guess they'd done throwing them nets on every side of that boat and all over the water. They were probably ready to cut their nets up and just throw them in the water and leave them there and go off, right? That'd be a frustrating long night. We might feel like we have fished all night and caught no fishes. We keep trying to continue to get, uh, we just keep trying, but we continue to get undesired results. But then one small little change, like throwing the net on the other side of the boat, just one small step and or possibly a small change between empty nets and what? Too many fish to even handle. Don't be fearful of change. We should be excited about it. It's a new opportunity. Some people feel like they're the one who is destined to do without, right? To watch everybody else get theirs. To see everybody else promoted, blessed, prospered, breaking out in the ministry. And then meanwhile, they just stay on the sidelines and do without. And they feel like that's how it has to be. But we should not feel like that's how it's supposed to be. The enemy wants us to feel that way. But the Bible lets us know the enemy is a liar. I'm reminded of the man in the Bible uh, in John 5, the pool of Bethesda. There was a man there who the Bible said had an infirmity. infirmity. He had a condition. Something was wrong. No doubt he had seen many, many blessings for other people. He had seen many other people get their deliverance, get their breakthrough, if you will. And I'm sure the devil had tormented him with that, right? You're never going to be healed. You're never going to have success. You're always going to struggle, worry, push and pull, just trying to make these ends meet. But then, one day, Jesus stood in front of him. He actually didn't address any of these things, any of the past or the negativity that he had had in his life. Jesus simply asked him one question. The Bible says he asked him, Will thou be made whole? That was the question. At that moment, there was not enough disease in the world that could keep that man sick. There wasn't enough poverty that could keep him broke. There weren't enough demons in hell to keep him bound. The only thing that could keep him bound was himself. The only one that can keep you bound today is yourself. So there was a couple who walked into a pizza place. It was buffet night at the pizza place. There was pizzas all around. At the food bar, spaghetti, potato, potatoes, cheese sticks, of course a salad bar. I don't know why they're there, but they're there. <laughs> the man said, we will have two buffets, please. It was about 10 minutes after 8 o'clock. And the worker said, I'm sorry, but the buffet was over at 8 p.m. So the man said, thank you, and he left. And he went to another restaurant. His wife said, why did we leave? He said, I refuse to stay at the place where I can see it, smell it, but I can't partake or possess it. It's not enough for me to just be close. It's not enough for me to be in the place where it's happening. It's not enough for me just to walk by and look. It's not enough for me to sit around and watch other people enjoy theirs, and I can't have it. He said, that frustrates me. See, this person was frustrated being able to see, smell the buffet, but he couldn't eat. 
Does it sometimes frustrate our faith to be on the edge of something great and only be able to talk about how good it could be or how good it used to be? Some of us, in a spiritual sense, are doing that very thing like at the restaurant. We're walking around the buffet table of God's blessings and promises. We're satisfied, though, just to look over it, smell it, talk to each other about how good it could be, maybe how good it should be. But then here comes somebody along. They were there on time, paid the price. So they're in there and they're eating everything that we've been looking at, smelling, talking about. Because they got what they wanted, but we weren't willing to move when it was time to move, and we didn't want to pay the price, we were left out. Well, God has said, if we could, that God has said that we could have it, and we don't want to spend the rest of our lives talking about what we missed, so it's time to move. It's time to get busy. It's time to change. For 40 years, that first generation of the uh, children of Israel, they wandered around the wilderness. All they could do was talk about what they had missed because they would not move. When it was time to move, they didn't want to pay the price. But I'm telling us here this morning right now that it is time to pay the price. We have encompassed the mountain long enough. It's just another way of saying it's time for change. In the natural, when it's time for the seasons to change, you'll feel it in the atmosphere. Right? There's a period of kind of tug of war a lot of times as one season gives way to the other one. This morning, do you feel that tugging? Do you feel that pulling in the world around us? Right? Can you feel that? I'm sure in the last couple of years we've felt that. That brings us to our political part of today's sermon. So what we're going to do, if you all will move for me, we'll put the Democrats over here on this side, <laughs> put the Republicans here in the middle, and we're going to put the Independents over here. So... Nobody's moving. Nobody's moving. Ah, no, we would never do that. We would never put the Democrats and Republicans next to each other. We would put the independents in the middle. The Democrats on the far left and the Republicans on the right. So, all right, we won't go into the political part today, though. But there is a change in the atmosphere. Something is definitely pulling. Something is stirring. We can't be comfortable where we're at anymore. We can't be satisfied where we're at anymore. We can't just watch the world, or we can't just watch world views coming into the church and then not say anything. We can't just sit there while they preach and teach that any road you choose will get you to heaven and then not say anything, because that's not right. They say that everybody is saved already. Some just don't know it, and everybody will be saved in the end. We can't just sit by and let them say that. There's not really such a thing as right or wrong. It's just whatever you choose and whatever you choose is right. The you-do-you mentality. We can't sit by. Can you hear the Spirit of God saying it's time for a change? There's change in the atmosphere. And part of that change is some of God's people are getting fed up and they're awakening. God is raising up men, women, boys, and girls who are not ashamed of the gospel and are not going to bow down to the spirit of this age. They will not compromise their faith in God. See Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Maybe you've been feeling uncomfortable, agitated, maybe even at times frustrated. Part of that reason might be because you were created for more. You were created to possess more of the power of God and manifest more of his glory. 
You know, the Bible says we were created with the capacity to carry that same anointing that Jesus had and to do the same works and even greater works than he did. John 14 and 12, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. So a question. Are we doing greater works than Jesus did? Because if we're not, it's time for a change. When your feet start hurting you, what do you do? Either change shoes or go get a new pair of shoes. It's time for a change. When your, when your eyes start hurting you, it's time to change that prescription. The agitation, the stirring in our spirit, could it be because we sense God calling us to yet another level? Time for a change. Second Corinthians 3 and 18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Are you ready to be transformed into his image? Are you ready to change? It's definitely time to change. Last week, I talked about filling up this church building with people and then building a new building next door and filling it up with hundreds of people. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to believe it's even possible. Probably a a better way of putting it and a more important thought rather than to just say filling up our church with hundreds of people would be bringing hundreds of people into God's kingdom because that's much more important regardless of whether or not they ever set foot in this church. But what kind of change would we have to make to really begin reaching this community? What if this upcoming fall festival, this coming Saturday, was the the beginning of a new anointing from, from God? What if we all prayed this week for opportunities to share God's love with this community this Saturday? And not just 30 seconds of prayer, but what if we really focused our prayers this week? What if our prayer meeting on Wednesday night was focused on reaching out to this community this Saturday? What if this, what if this Saturday, instead of watching what the people drive, what they wear, how the kids are misbehaving, because it will happen, how much food is being thrown in the trash, etc., 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 what if we look for opportunities to show God's love to the people who are here? And this is just one event. Don't just focus on this one event. What about in our lives? What could really happen if we truly begin to seek God for a change? If you would stand. You know, a few, I guess a few months ago probably now, um, we were at the end of one of the services here. We were singing and praying. And Sister Molly came up here and was dancing in the spirit. And I remember after uh, the service was over, I overheard multiple people actually come back by her and tell her they wished they had stepped out that morning as well. Well, question, what kind of change would it take for you to step out? Would you maybe have to let go of something? What's holding you back? 
What if we start praying for God to reveal to us the changes that we need to make in our lives so that we can not only do the works that Jesus did, but even greater works than he did? Can you take that first step? Can you take the first step this morning and earnestly seek God? Tell him that you want a change in yourself. Ask him to reveal where change is needed, where it is needed in your life. Tell him you want more of his glory revealed in your life. Are you willing to seek him this morning? Let's find a place and pray this morning.
Don't stop praying for God to reveal the changes that you need to make in your life. And don't be afraid to make the changes. Right? Um, The changes that I need to make in my life are going to be different from the ones that you need to make in your life. But do not stop praying for God to help reveal these changes that we need to make. Um, You know, we need to... I don't want to rely on, on a man, woman, boy, or girl, whoever comes in here to be pastor, to uh, lead or help me with those changes. I want to already be making those changes, already have an anointing on me when they come in here and say, wow, look at the anointing on these people. These people are already going somewhere. They step in and they have the easiest job in the world because they have a church that has the desire, key word, the desire the desire of what God wants for you in your life, right? And then what he wants here at the church, what he wants to do in this community. I want to light this community on fire. (laughs) I want to see, there's a purpose why this church is here. This church moved out of downtown Summit Street, and it came here for a purpose. And it's ministered to people over the years. But if we're in these last days, we need to see a fire burning in this place, right? Burning in the people. Again, I won't say hundreds of people in here. Maybe I don't, don't say it. I'd love to see that. But hundreds of people into God's kingdom. We can reach these people and uh, make a difference. But So don't stop praying for God to reveal the changes in your life. Don't be afraid to make the change. And then let me close by just saying this. And you can stand. We'll be dismissed as soon as this is done. Just go ahead and stand. We won't say it together. I'm just going to say this. Um, If we don't get anything else out of today's message, right, because we've all probably maybe God spoke to us in different ways, but let's let's agree on this. If we don't get anything else out of it besides misery in Missouri, maybe, maybe don't. Did you know those sounded so similar? Misery, Missouri. (laughs) If there's anything in your life that is holding you back from change, it's... Time to let it go. Let it go. Yes, thank you, media Can't team. Hold it back You're just missed. Let it go. Let it go. Turn away and slam the door. Bye. <laughs>